guys, this is Nick. In the name of the FC Schalke Nofia team, I want to congratulate you on your 100th episode. Thanks for supporting us in the U.S., and hopefully there will be many more episodes of your podcast in the future. Glück auf! Blau und weiß sein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute, wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einziger Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast worldwide. This is episode 101 of Schalke America, and I'm your host, Richard Carmen. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring your game highlights. Join me as always on the show is co-host Jack Mangan. How are we doing this evening, Jack? Doing pretty well, Richard. Uh, first uh, match under our new manager, and it went about, I think, as, as well as we all expected, given uh, the limited... As well as you and I expected, at least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, given the limited preparation time, and then, you know, also uh, the opponent, because it's the second time in three matches that we've played the opponent that's, you know, had advanced very deep into the yeah. Champions League within the past, like, couple months. So, um, yeah. kind of figured it was going to go this way, and luckily now we have an international break. And uh, a little bit of time to um, hopefully have Manuel Baum get his ideas into the squad, calm everything down, reorganize, and be ready to uh, attack the rest of the calendar. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that break could have came any quicker. Um, first of all, greetings from Paul, who's uh, visiting from Florida or joining us from Florida, I should say. Uh, yeah, that the game went about as well as we expected. We kind of talked about this. I mean, with two days, you know, notice for Baum. It was, wasn't much he was going to do in this game. You know, the best thing he could do was try to get the guys organized or pumped up as best he could. Um, we'll get into that game, but uh, today is transfer deadline day. Uh, lots of moves happened around. Uh, Shaka were a little active there for the for the last day. Um, you know, much more than we expected, I guess. Uh, so deadline day moves that that Shaka have made. Uh, first off, uh, our good friend Sebastian Rudy, uh, he joins Hoffenheim on a loan. Uh, and then uh, the second bit of news is Killian Ludwig from we got him from Barnsley by way of RB Le- RB Salzburg, excuse me, uh, loan with no option to buy. Uh, I wanted to start first about Sebastian Rudy because uh, this deal kind of irked me, and I wonder how, how I wonder how you feel. Uh, and I'm reading this from Schalke Daily. It says Schalke are covering 50% of Sebastian Rudy's six million dollar salary, so that's three million dollars they're paying for uh, on the loan to Hoffenheim. The player is going to give up his three million dollar salary. And then Hoffenheim are only going to pay the minimum wage just for insurance reasons. And this is from coming from Build. Um, that's a terrible deal, in my opinion. Now, what are your thoughts on that deal? Because basically, Hoffenheim is getting a free player. Yeah, so real quick, if, if you're listening to this and you don't already follow uh, Schalke Daily, I believe it's at SO4Daily, yes. um, definitely go ahead and do that. It's basically they just aggregate all of the Schalke news of the day, so you don't have to go hunting it down on the individual yeah. sources. Um, but anyway, it's very helpful, so definitely go follow that account. Uh yeah, uh, the, the the details of the loan move um, I think are frustrating a lot of people because a lot of times when you're when you're loaning a player out, it, part of it is is designed to get some um, relief from the salary, and that usually comes in the form of the club that you're loaning the player to taking on the responsibility for a portion of it. Um, I mean, this loan move is ultimately saving us three million dollars, which you can't 
you know, sneeze at, but at the same time, uh, you know, Hoffenheim is getting Sebastian Rudy and his services essentially for free. And we're the only people paying a portion of the salary. So we're, we're paying him to go play somewhere else. Uh, and I mean, I think our, our stance on Sebastian Rudy on this podcast is fairly well established. We're not huge fans of him. It's pretty obvious that he has no interest in being at Schalke either. And to me, I mean, I can't really blame him for that. Um, and so if, if that's kind of how he feels and certainly the fans aren't exactly warm towards him either. I think it's it's perfectly fine that he goes somewhere else because probably not the kind of guy we, we're, we're going to need in the trenches for what's going to be a difficult season anyway. Um, so I'm not really sad to see him go. But yeah, it, it's, the details of the move itself are um, a little bit frustrating. And I, I think the most frustrating, frustrating part for me is we're a team that's strapped for cash. We don't have much money. We're already so much in debt and we're still going to pay him, pay a player to leave. Um, and like you said, you brought up some great points about why he needed to go and, you know, why he's not a right back. We've been playing him at a right back and he's not the answer. He's been in torch for the first, you know, two games, first two, three games. Um, so yeah, uh, he's gone. We knew from the get go, whether he left or not, that we needed a right back. He was not going to be the answer. Um, obviously with the departure of John Joe Kenny this summer, obviously with the loan going back to Everton, first place Everton, I, I should say. He's not playing, unfortunately. Um, well, he, he might be. Uh, I believe Coleman just just hurt himself uh, this oh. past weekend, so maybe okay. it's smart of Everton to have held on to him. He might be sliding into the starting lineup sooner than we think. Oh, all right. We'll keep an eye on that. Um, but, yeah, we needed a right back. Uh, obviously, Rudy was never going to be the answer for that. Um, pe- some people talked about bringing in Alessandro Schopf in that role. Uh, he's played that role in the past, but he's really more of a winger or an attacker, uh, not someone ideal for that position. So Schalke did actually go out and get a right back, an actual right back, Killian Ludwig, uh, he's playing. He's currently playing at Barnsley, so we get him on a loan with, a, with a, no option to buy. Uh, he's actually coming from uh, Red Bull Salzburg, so um, we get a young player. Uh, I don't know too much about him myself. I got to look into him and see uh, really what he can bring to the team. But I mean, fact of the matter, he's a right back, an actual right back, so uh, that's a step up for us uh, in so many ways. Yeah, real quickly, just because you mentioned uh, Shop, uh, just in the interest of. Um, you know, full disclosure and honesty. I, I was one of those people who have in the past suggested that we potentially try him out there. Yep. Um, at least I may have said it a couple podcasts ago. You did uh, in, in place of in place of Sebastian Rudy, just because the thinking would be, um, you know, Shuff can expend a little bit more energy and can cover a little bit more ground and, and could just run around and be a nuisance on that side. Uh, obviously, Sebastian Rudy adds a couple more things going forward. I mean, in possession than 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 Shep would have, but I, I at least wanted to to try him out there and see if he could do a job. We'll get into it in more in a minute, but the answer to that question appears to be no. After um, yeah. the Leipzig yeah. game, so I was I was wrong about that, but um, yeah, we, we we finally for the first time uh, in the transfer window, just as it's closing, officially bring in um, a right back. But it's it's difficult to to know how excited to be about that, given that it's essentially you know it's it's a kid. That we're bringing in, it's not really an established player. I would be lying. Yeah, I, I would be lying if I if I told you that I had any sort of informed opinion on on Killian. I I, I don't. I'm going to spend some yeah. time doing that, hopefully, over the international break here and taking a look at him. But what I what I can say, at least from you know what I read, excuse me, is just that uh, it, it's a player that Manuel Baum is familiar with through his time with the German uh, youth national team setup. Mm-hmm. So apparently, the player is familiar with him. He's familiar with the player. You know, clearly a guy. You know, Manuel Baum comes into Schalke, realizes that there's a serious right back issue, and you know has a player in mind that he can maybe slot in there that would be pretty easy to get. Um, 
Because, you know, it's definitely not a bad opportunity for this kid. I mean, we talk about Schalke potentially being dangerous to some people's careers. But, uh, you know, if he's going to slot into a, a Bundesliga fight and figure to get a lot of minutes, if he's going to end up being our starting right back, could be a good move for him. So um, at, at least we have somebody. We finally fi- signed somebody. We're still thin there. and We would we would need more reinforcements. But, you know, it could be like the Timo Becker, Killing Ludwig show. Yeah. The rest of the season, we'll see how it goes. Uh, and many have suggested that the Dessel would maybe be the uh, the one two combo there at right back. Um, we know that M- uh, Manuel Baum uh, likes the youngsters. He obviously has familiarity with the with the with the Dimanschaft uh, U 18s and U twenties. Uh, so he's naturally going to you know be inclined to have more players, uh, younger players play. Uh, with that, we obviously knew that Katucci was going to stay staying at Schalke, which is great. Uh, haven't heard any moves as of this podcast that you know he's been moved to Sassuolo. Two yeah. other names that were fl- uh, were floating around lately. Um, one is Ozan Kabak, and two was Robbie Matando. Uh, for Kabak had been the one for the long last two weeks, pretty much. Um, there was a, a Liverpool site that tried to get us to retweet that. I'm like, we're not going to retweet that. Do you have incredible sources? And the sources were not credible, so we're like, we're not going to retweet that kind of stuff. And it never panned out. Um, Liverpool were never really in a fight with that. Um, but and a couple teams had surfaced at potential moves that he could have gone there. Uh, but Chaka, you know, had remained adamant that. Um, they were not going to sell him, though I did see a, a floating price of 25 million euros, which is way below average. I mean, I think at least I was expecting something like 50 million euros be the asking price. And I get that you don't, you're not in the position to at, make the prices, but he's going to be one of your long-time starters. you got to put a big price tag on him. But um, luckily, as of right this podcast, he is not going anywhere. Um, another name that popped up was Robbie Matando. Uh, they thought, you know, to bring in a right back, we had to sell somebody. And so they thought maybe Matando would be someone who would go to another Bundesliga club. As of this podcast, I said, nothing's materialized as of yet. So uh, what about those two rumors or any other rumors that you may have heard of that uh, you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, the callback thing, I wasn't a fan of either. Um, I understand that when when you're looking at who, because, you know, Schalke's trying to get money. There's, there's only so many players on your squad at any one time that are that are desirable and could bring in. And, you know, a substantial enough sum that would justify getting rid of them. Uh, and so, you know, we saw that earlier with with McKenney going to Juventus. Um, Osan Kabak was another guy who had been mentioned earlier in the transfer window. Nothing really happened. It seemed like some of those rumors picked up steam as we approached the yeah. deadline here. But, yeah, I, I mean, it, we talked about how, how frustrated we were with Kabak's display um, last week. Uh, but you know, ultimately, still one of the more talented players in in, in the team, uh, and somebody who figures to be an, an important part of the squad for the rest of the season. Um, especially given that you know some of his partners back there, like 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 um, Nastasic and and Sane are, are pretty, in, and even I mean Stambouli as well are fairly injury prone. Yeah. And, and seemed one of them, at least, if not multiple of them, seemed to be in and out of the lineup like all the time. So uh, we, we we definitely need the depth at a minimum to say nothing of. Nothing of the talent, so I'm glad that we've held on to him for the time being. As far as Robbie Matano goes, like I feel bad to him, uh, for him to some extent because, um, and I think you and I said this at the time, it, we thought it was a really ill-advised transfer when Schalke did it. It, it was it was a desperation yeah. uh, Winterpause signing for Tedesco when things had started to go poorly, and yeah. and we you know we, we spent what was it like 13 million or something like that, yeah, on, I think a, right. yeah. on, on a teenager from Man City's Youth Academy who hadn't played like any senior minutes like that that's such a large sum of money to spend to really which you know at that age is is a totally unknown quantity um and then he comes into a Schalke side who under the previous couple managers haven't really often played with wingers and that's kind of mostly what he is so he's been asked to kind of I think try to fit into some 
some roles that maybe he wouldn't be ideally suited for. And it's just been tough sledding for him. So, I mean, I think, I think if we sold him, we wouldn't really be missing much just because I don't really think he's made that big of an impact on the squad. And that's not even entirely his fault in my opinion, but um, certainly a player who's still pretty raw and not the finished article yet. And if we could have gotten, you know, a, a decent sum for him, I wouldn't have been opposed to letting him move on. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree about all that. And uh, we're going to be, you know, watching the, uh, the deadlines here. I got all my phones here just in case something pops up here. During no, the you're, you're, you're playing Pokemon Go. That's what you're doing. You're getting... <laughs> That's right. Dave, don't tell anybody, Jack. Uh, no, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, uh, you know, I try not to give into so much of these rumors, especially the Kabak ones. But I did come up and I, I did defend our man because a lot of the teams that were linked with Kabak uh, kept saying, well, well, uh, they're getting rid of him because he's a he's a he's a case. He's an issue. Uh, he's not that really good. And then I was like, whoa, 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 hold up. First off, this is the first incident he's had. Yes, he has a temper issue every now and then, but he's pretty level-headed throughout. Um, this was an ugly scene, no doubt about it. Uh, you never, you know, anytime you spit on somebody, especially in these times, uh, it's never a good look at all. But overall, he he's been one of our better players of the last couple of seasons. Um, he's reliable. He has he's good defensively, offensively, can pass the ball. I mean, I was defending this kid left and right, and. Uh, all these people who made these claims that they knew about him never watched a single match of, of Kabak. You know, if someone, if a Schalke fan was t- saying this kind of stuff, okay, they at least have watched him and can g- have a really good idea. But as people yeah. had never seen him or maybe seen one clip or saw the spitting incident and said, yeah, this guy sucks. That, and, that, and that pisses me off too. And that's what I hate about the whole transfer deadline stuff anyway. Anyway, let's get off of this. <laughs> um, I mean, the deadline day, I mean, that's pretty much all we, we really did. Um, the, the, uh, as you mentioned, the international break came at just the right time, I think, cause we are reeling. Obviously this is a five game gauntlet that, um, was never going to end well for us. We knew that we knew we playing Bayern who won the champions league playing RB, RB Leipzig, uh, who came in, who was a semifinalist in the champions league. I mean, yeah. two really good teams plus Dorman, who's got the firepower with Holland already scored a million goals. Um, that was always going to be difficult. Plus you got to, you know, play Union and you got to play, um, Verder in the middle of that. It was never going to be good for no matter who the manager was, um, and so to judge Manuel Baum based on those two days of uh, of coaching, uh, I think it would be a little bit of unfair. Uh, we, we were saying how you need to give him some time, and I think this international break will do him well. Uh, you know, let's get right into that South or that Leipzig game. I keep want to say Salzburg now. Um, that game wasn't uh, wasn't pretty. Uh, you know, it started out fairly well. I think Jack. I think probably the first twenty minutes or so, we were very disciplined. Um, we came out. He came out how like how we thought he would, because you know, given Manuel Baum's um, experience previously in, in managerial with Augsburg, how we thought he was going to be very defensive-minded. Um, he, he used five defenders at times with the wing backs helping back. So the first twenty minutes, we were pretty disciplined, uh, nothing too crazy, but you could see something was brewing. And all of a sudden, Leipzig just continued to pour it on, and uh, they they looked far superior to us, uh, winning four nothing. Not a pretty game at all. Again, again. Once that first goal went in, it seems like our heads dropped. Um, the uh, Baum and Naldo and the coaching staff really have their work cut out for them in the international break. Um, and s- not to mention all, Serdar got hurt. Um, that's that's number one. Uh, that was scary to see him come off the pitch. So he, obviously we rushed him to come on too soon. Maybe he was trying to come on just so he can get back into the, the man shaft. I don't know. Um, it, w- it wasn't good to see that. Uh, and then we saw with a poor performance, something had to happen. Uh, a move did happen at halftime. Frederick Renault, the, the keeper we just brought in from Frankfurt, was in between the sticks at the time. And I, I don't know how you felt at the time. I thought it was just a move they they wanted to shake things up on on, on the uh, on the pitch. I mean, after the fact, we 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 heard the real fact. But what was yeah. your thoughts of that? 
Yeah, it took several minutes uh, after the second half had, had kicked off before you know we heard Phil Bonnie on the call mentioned yeah. that they were receiving information that suggested that Fairman had picked up a knock or something had happened, and so it was a uh, it, it was a fitness issue rather than um, any sort of strategic um, or game decision. Um, I thought I thought Rano in general looked fine, uh, pretty up for it. Uh, you know, seemed seemed sharp, seemed lively. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't like blown away, but I, but I, I, he looked like he belonged there for sure. But so that that always makes you confident uh, to know that you know, assuming Fairman continues to be the starting goalkeeper, um, you know, if he were to go down with injury again, or if this particular injury keeps him out for any significant period of time, um, you know, the 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 the, the small sample size first impression of, of Ryan was pretty good. Um, as far as the Serdar injury, I mean, yeah, the guy just can't stay on the pitch, man. Yeah. Um, I feel I feel terrible for him. I mean, you know, it was a hamstring injury, I believe, right? A soft tissue thing. Um, yep. yep. He was yep. Uh, going into a going into a challenge, kind of extended, and seemed like he uh, aggravated it. So, and you know, he could be out for a bit now. Uh, and I, yeah, I mean, it, we talk about Stuart Serdar being, or like you know, guys like Harit and Serdar being, you know, really good players who who can who can help us. And um, we didn't have them down the stretch last season. Uh, Harit's been out because of a positive COVID test, and now we lose Sidar again. So, I mean, like, we, we can talk about the talent that's in the squad, but if these guys aren't healthy, we don't really have them. Um, so it's unfortunate. Uh, yeah, it, but in, in general, I mean, the game went pretty much how I, I, I figured it would. Leipzig is a good team. I, I expected them to score some goals. I was pleased that we actually managed to keep them out for the first 30 minutes of that game or so. Um, and despite having very little possession, I don't think Leipzig really had too many serious serious clear-cut chances no, in that didn't. first half an hour either so it wasn't a terrible performance it was just you know we, we couldn't get any sort of rhythm going in possession uh you know rarely had the ball in the in, in the opposition final third and that was i think the more concerning thing for me and then um yeah it was just a 15 minute period before the end of the first half where they where we really kind of collapsed and, and allowed several goals and they started gaining some momentum and started playing some really silky stuff uh Schupf, not particularly good and unfortunately, he was partnered next to Stambouli, which yeah. is probably not the center back you would have wanted on that side, I guess. But Angelino, um, who maybe I'm just an idiot and I, I didn't realize this in the past. I, I always thought he was more of a left back um, and he was playing like left wing in this game. At least this he, is the back. Because, he is the back. Yeah, no, because Alstenberg was playing left back. Um, but Angelino was high for a decent portion of the match at one point he switched with Holstenberg, but he was up high and he kept making these runs off the off the shoulder you know to the back post and i think the first time he made that run was like the fifth minute so it was it was really early and then he, he did it a couple more times and you could tell that no one was adjusting to it i, it, I, it, I tweeted out like, exactly when that fifth minute came when the first time he did it, i was like you better watch this guy he's gonna burn yeah. you shelf and he did not learn from that and, and those kind of things for me um aren't aren't tactical like i mean like yeah maybe the initial the initial setup is perhaps allowing for that to be a thing and that yeah. can be a problem but as a player once you see that happen you know once exactly. twice three times it doesn't really matter you know what what the system is you need to make note of that and say hey this keeps happening maybe i should mark this guy or make sure that somebody's following this guy around and it didn't happen and it, that wasn't even the first goal that leipzig scored but ultimately you let you know five foot six angelino who's a left back you know score a score a header on the back post and, and it was it was a goal that was coming and it had been coming for like you know the better part of a half an hour so yeah. um frustrating and and you know the 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 forsberg i mean the john bozduan own goal which was the first goal um you know it, forsberg slipped in behind in just acres of space i mean stambouli and shup were like bunched up together near the near the sideline 
Um, and so there was just like a ton of space for for Forsberg to run in, and and Chen Bosduan was not at fault for that own goal. That that goal was no, going in, yeah, it was going in. If no one way. had touched it, and then I think it was in Kunku, was there any way to mop yep. it up? So yep. Bosduan like had, I mean, he had to do what he what he tried to do. So not his fault at all. And um, Danny yeah, Omo I mean, and Forsberg were just destroying that midfield of Schalke. I mean, they just just slicing Schalke apart, and I thought those two were just unstoppable uh, in that game. And it was probably our fault. Uh, but there's no, I mean, both those players are good, really good players, but there's no way they should be getting the time like they did. Cause there's the times that Omo was sitting at the top of the box and just sitting there. No one was really tackling him. He just playing around with the ball and passing to whoever he wants. I'm like, what are you doing? They caused a lot of problems because uh, they, they set up in sort of like a general four, two, three, one yeah. shape. But uh, Luke Yele was, was playing um, as like a right winger. And so in possession, Leipzig was often in a back three of uh, Halstenberg, um, Makamo and, and uh, Willie Orban. And so they, they, I mean, at times they had like four guys across the top um, against our back line, which was causing problems with Omo underneath that. And, and um, they, had a, they had a lot of width and a lot of height um, in possession. And uh, yes, they were able to, to do some intricate stuff around the box and cause us all sorts of problems. Uh, I'm surprised that they probably deserved a couple extra goals in the second half yeah. that they didn't get because they had plenty of chances. But um, yeah, I mean, basically what we're looking for now is, is just to, to see if Mamo Bomb can somehow you know, stop the bleeding and, and fix the defense first and foremost. I mean, the offense is a problem, but when you don't have any possession and when you're, you know, you know, holding on for, for dear life on the back line, I mean, that's not the primary concern. We need to stop shipping three, four, five, six, seven goals a game, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, Emmanuel Calderon says, you know, I wish we would start playing with wingers because the midfield can't hold the ball. And it's kind of shocking that our midfield is doing such a bad job of holding the ball. It's like they're playing scare and just getting, getting rid of it. Um, he also says, you know, we have quite a bit of habit of buying injury-prone players, it seems like. And I wonder if the, the theme is is just the is the, the medical staff or just injury-prone injury prone players. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it's it's frustrating for sure. Um, and hopefully with these two-week break here, um, the international break, I should say, um, it'll give Baum and, and, the, and the coaching staff some time to, you know, find, find the, you know, get the guys' motivation back up, uh, get them disciplined, you know, try to get their heads back up because uh, what we've seen has been really poor. We're dead last in the table based on goal differential. Uh, we probably set another record again for most goals allowed uh, through the first three weeks. So it's it's not pretty stuff at the moment. I mean, we very much look like a relegation team at the at present. So um, that's saying something because Mainz looked terrible this uh, past Friday against our next opponent. Oh, by the way, uh, we get to play uh, Union Berlin. Uh, someone, one of my friends asked me before the game. He's like, "Oh, Mainz has a lot of good players. Uh, should should we expect to win?" And I'm like, "Union at home is good. They're good." And uh, I don't know if we're at their home. I think they're at our home, aren't they? I can't remember where the game is at, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure this game is at at Union. Oh, if it, if it's at Union, then that's a that's a, that's a very difficult ask because uh, they got their fans back in that, and it's a very uh, a very hard place to play. And not not only just for Mainz or Schalke, but also for the bigger clubs who have always no. You're right. It's, it's at Schalke. Never mind. Oh, well, still okay. Well, that's better. That's Schalke. a little bit better. That's a little bit better. Uh, they're they're okay on the road, but uh, difficult match nonetheless. I think, and uh, and then obviously the derby is going to be right after that. So. Uh, we need to take advantage of full advantage of this break. I don't know what uh, if we have inter- any internationals in, in our in our team that are going. I would assume not. That's the way we're playing. Um, uh, Rudy probably would have been the only one that I could have think could have thought of. But um, Kabak, maybe Kabak, because he, but he's on uh, suspended. So we don't need him anyway. Katuchu, um, Katuchu, Katuchu, yeah, and we don't play him anyway. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's see. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. 
yeah um yeah jack i don't know it's uh the break came at the right time i think um we got to figure out something i trust bomb's gonna figure it out not that we expect to be uh you know competing to finish anywhere near the top of the table but i guess i guess the one spot of good news is that uh teams that we expect to be pretty dominant this season in, in Bayern and Dortmund have already dropped points and, and each lost games through the first three. Uh, and uh, they needed four goals from, from Lewandowski to avoid dropping points to, to Hertha to Berlin this weekend too. Bayern did. So um, as bad as we were against them, the, the good news is there's been some other teams early on that look like they've been somewhat competitive. So, uh, you know, it could be fool's gold this early in the season, but potentially some of these top teams, you know, it, it'd be, what if they came back to earth a little bit and, and were closer to, you know, the middle of the table than perhaps they typically are. Um, if we turn things around, maybe we kick back in the mix. I'm not holding my breath for that, but um, you know, like, like you said, we, we have this opportunity for Manuel Baum to finally get acquainted with the side and, and work on some things without the pressure of games for, for a little bit here. And uh, maybe we can come out the other end of it and turn things around. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and I don't expect uh, Augsburg, who are currently tied for first or in second place, uh, Eintracht as well are up there. I don't expect those two teams to be uh, in the Champions League mix all season long. Uh, Derek Ray, who we had on the show recently, picked Augsburg for finished last place. So um, we'll see. I mean, obviously, some of the big boys are still going to be there at the end of the season. Uh, but like you said, uh, let's, let's give the team a chance to recruit here during the uh, international break and uh, see what the guys can do. Um, I fully expect the team to be a lot more disciplined. Uh, you know, giving up three, four goals a game—that's that can't happen anymore. Uh, and I don't—I don't think it'll continue. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> Let's see. I don't know. We're not out there on the pitch, so it's hard to say. I'm—I'm I'm terrified that it will, though, just because that was sort of the hallmark of the collapse second half of the season under Wagner, and then also the collapse under yeah. Tedesco too. As we got to this point where suddenly we started conceding three, four goals a game. Yeah. Um, and it was yeah, it was just once the first one went in, it just we couldn't stop it. So. Um, and, and that's going to be a problem if we're if we end up being close to a relegation battle, goal difference could become a thing. It is, and yeah. our goal difference so far is what like negative 14, 14 or something like that. Yeah. yeah, 15 goals, one scored through three. That's that's got to stop real quick. Yeah, because Mainz is next closest to us, they're just above us, and they're minus nine. So we, we got five goals plus on them. So, um, yeah, it's not a pretty thing. And I, I think, uh, you know, like you said, we're not going to be trying to, we're not have no delusions that we're going to finish in the top half of the table or anything like that, or, or in a Champions League or European League spot. But we want to make sure we're out of that relegation zone and play, you know, good defensively. And I think, you know, Stefan Freund, who was also on the call this past week, and mentioned that, you know, hey, baby steps, you know, first step is being disciplined defensively, making sure that you're not giving up any goals. Then you can worry about the offense because they're, they're, they're talking about the commenting about no shots for Schalke through you know the first twenty minutes or whatever it was. And Stefan was like, "Well, at least they're not giving up any goals at this point," which is you know that's that's the first step I think because you yeah. know you continue to ship in goals like you do when it does come a crunch time and you are maybe in a in a in a, in a goal differential battle, you're going to lose that easily at the moment. And we are badly we are pretty play, playing pretty poorly at the moment. So um, yeah, not pretty. So uh, we got to figure it out. We have to. Just bottom line. Couple of things I wanted to talk about about uh, just the lineup going forward. Uh, a couple of things to notice from the Leipzig game. Yeah. First of all, uh, now now that we have a three game sample size, Stambouli's not good enough, man. I know. I, lo- uh, I love the guy, but he's not good enough. No. I mean, he's just, he's. I don't know. I I mean, we saw him in a back three this time because previously we had seen him in a back two, and we said, hey, maybe if we throw in another center back, does that change things? I, I don't right. think it changed a whole lot. And he lot. played the right side too of that three, so that's good because you want well, Sonny in the middle. But the other thing is the argument that that's always made for Stambouli is that he's supposedly this great passing center back. I thought his his passing his distribution was atrocious in this game. Yeah. Had a number of just sort of like weird, awkward long balls and clearances, like none of which came off. 
Um, so he wasn't even doing that and really helping us build out of the back. I mean, that would be one thing in his favor. But, um, you know, if he's not even doing that, I don't really see what value he brings because he, he's just a step behind it in terms of his pace constantly. And, you know, there comes a point where it doesn't really matter how well you read the game. You have to have, you know, some minimum ability to stay with people. Um, and, yeah, he just he just been lacking that so far. So, I, I, I mean, I I know that we have issues with, with injuries and stuff back there and suspensions now with Kabak, but I, I can't stand Stan Bully in the starting lineup much longer. I've seen three games and kind of had enough of it. So maybe you work him back into the midfield. I doubt that because we have a decent number of midfield players. But how do you feel about Stan Bully? Yeah, he has become a liability, at least at the moment. Maybe it's just because his confidence is, and maybe that's why he's playing so poorly, but it's playing pretty bad. His passing, which was, was one thing that you could fall back on, is not there at the moment. Um, and I think the combination of him and, and Schof on the right-hand side were just getting torched all game long. And, you know, every other team is going to see that now and try to exploit that if they're back out there together. Uh, and and now I'm wondering, you know, where does Baum go from here? Does he go with the, the same what he tried to do this time, where it was, you know, three guys at the back with plus two wingers, technically five? Who's going to be that third center back? I mean, you if you do that, you know, Kabak is out for at least three more games. So is Stemley going to play? No, you might as well go back to the back four at that point. And you can't. Becker maybe, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's true. You definitely can't put the 20-year-old that we just got, um, Ludwig, uh, in that position because he's right back. Just play back four with you know signing Nastasic and put uh, Ludwig on the right hand side there. And then uh, in the midfield, midfield's got to figure it out too. They need to hold the ball. Um, Mascarell, Bentele, those guys were just letting people walk through them. They need to stop that. They need to be a little bit more more uh, tough in that middle in the midfield there. And Bentele, he's I had a lot of hopes for him. You know, hoping that he could at least spark something, especially with you know the absence of. Sardar and some other key guys, Harit, he hasn't done much yet. He's been very, very quiet. I mean, he's been turning it over a lot. Um, Ochipko is going to be Ochipko. can't hold possession for more than 10 seconds at a no, time, we can't. We it can't. seems like. I mean, it's somebody – I forgot who said this on Twitter, so I, I apologize. I should. I would like to credit it. But one of the things somebody said was something to the to the effect of – I mean, this is, this is the natural conclusion – of successive managers who don't put an emphasis on possession as, as sort of the, you know, the main point of, of, of play. Um, you have people that are, you know, focused on long balls, dumping them in or, you know, various counterattacks. I mean, so yeah. it's unrealistic to expect the team to just be able to do that suddenly when they haven't really been asked to do that as much um, the past couple of years, but it's, 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 it's tough to watch out there um, for sure. I, I don't think Bentaleb has added a whole lot so far. Um Paciencia, I thought was terrible in this game. He was. Um, just I mean, he was a black hole out there. Whenever the ball came to him, it didn't it didn't leave. It was the end of the possession. And I think that's why um, we saw Ibisevich come in at halftime also, as opposed to uh, for Paciencia there. So that was frustrating to see too. And once again, I, I know it's a difficult opponent, and you can't really ask the strikers to do anything when when the team can't maintain possession anyway. Like they're definitely not gonna be able to. I mean, Mark Oot, you can't even judge him right now. No. Uh, part of the way through the second half, we dropped into a, a five-four-one defensive shape with Mark Group playing wide left. Yeah. I mean, this is not what he what he came here to do. Um, but yeah, I just thought Paciencia in possession was was pretty terrible and lost the ball a lot and seemed incapable of linking up. And, and that was disappointing to see from somebody that we that we brought in to potentially help us. So um, a lot of Emmanuel, question marks right now. Emmanuel is saying that Bantaleb is the same style player as Mascarell, and some sometimes they do play a lot. Uh, Bantaleb has far more upside in terms of attacking skills. Than uh, than Mascarell has. I think they both can play that defensive midfield role um, for sure. I think Mascarell is probably a little bit more polished defensively than I, than Mascarell, than Bentaleb is. 
I mean, at present, you might have to play both of them if you're going to do a four-two-three-one, play them both there in the pivot. Because uh, who else are who else are you going to put there? Maybe Shelf uh, next to Muscarel. I don't know, but either way, they need I some. I don't want to see. You saw that a couple times with David Wagner. I don't yeah. want to see Shelf like in a midfield position like yeah. that. I prefer him like wide where he can run because it's. I don't think. It, I don't think he's. I think Bazdewan play a little higher than he should. I think he probably would be good in that pivot. Bazdewan. Um, yeah. play some of the youngsters. I mean, at this point, I mean, if Ben Phillips not doing the job, bring in Bujala, bring in, I mean, go to that, you know, the Kanapnish media and find some of these youngsters, play freaking Katucha. They kept talking about in the game, and I know we, bre- we keep breathing this down people's necks, but they kept saying, we need, Shaka needs someone who's going to come in the game with energy, uh, change the pace to be, some, be an X factor. And we only have one guy at the moment who can probably do that, Harit too, both those guys. And Harit wasn't going to come in because obviously he was, he had tested positive for COVID. So, Katucha was on the bench. At least put him, bring him on for a couple minutes to see if he can do something. Uh, but either way, they need to figure out something quick because, like you said, you need possession uh, to do anything, you know. And just playing these long balls or turning it over is not going to get you anywhere. Uh, I wouldn't mind taking a look at Hamza Mendel either. Yeah, um, why not? Why not at this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I, like I said, I, I wasn't. I was a little bit critical. Not critical of him coming back. I'm, I'm fine with him coming back. But I, I was one of the people that wasn't excited about it. And what based on his previous performances for us, but um, I mean, I think at the moment, like, and it's not a knock on Bastian Ochipka because I don't think he's played particularly poorly or anything, but you, you know exactly what Ochipka is going to give you, and he's a very steady hand, middle of the road, not particularly strong in, in sort of any area of the pitch, just sort of an all around guy who'll put in a shift for you. And you know, at least with Mendel, there, there's potent, the potential of um, you know, a turn of pace and the ability to maybe contribute something. Uh, to the attack with an overlapping run and, and some balls yep. in. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind just taking a look at him and, and, and also just because we know Ochipka with his age and the number of games he typically plays, um, it wouldn't be bad to protect him and, and try to get him some rotation as well. well. We haven't seen any any of Benito Roman uh, this year, I don't think, yet. Um, and so he's another another player that has a little bit of pace, has some skill set to him that um, uh, and some goal-scoring potential in him. So, you know, another person I would, wouldn't mind seeing there. So, yeah, they got two weeks to figure it out. Uh, whatever he's got to do, uh, being Emmanuel Baum to figure it out, he's got to do it because uh, this is not Schalke football at all. This is uh, really hard to watch for everyone. Um, I don't. I mean, I, I don't even care anymore about, about our rivals laughing at us. It's more about what we see on the pitch, and they're not giving that 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 um, <laughs> the uh, the coal miner mentality and, and the fight. You know, they're missing that. We're get, we're getting tweeted about by people that aren't even like bundesliga viewers yeah but i mean yeah. like, people are like so aware of how bad we are at the moment we're becoming just kind of a, a joke in general um yeah but yeah i mean like we said on the last podcast we got we got to give manual bomb some time um i mean if we get five games into this and it looks exactly the same that's going to be concerning um but i didn't expect the leipzig game to go well now we got a couple weeks hopefully we see a performance against union berlin when we come back that you know maybe even if we don't get anything out of it in terms of points. You know, we're not seeing the leaky defense that we're seeing, and we're seeing a more competitive game. Um, that would be something I'd be fine with. Uh, you know, because yeah. we're talking with David Wagner potentially going 0 5. Yeah. I don't want that to happen, but I'm sort of prepared for that anyway. Yeah. So, uh, and there's only so much Manuel Baum can do in a limited time. And, and he, who knows, maybe he won't do anything at all. We have to see. I mean, I'm not, these players, it's become a, it's become a habit, right? Yeah. It's, did it, it, David Wagner, suddenly become a horrible coach over the winter break. We were in the champions league and then, and then we went on no. the, you know, a 16 game winless streak. David Wagner just suddenly forgot how to coach. No, and not, not to say that he doesn't have responsibility for what happened and, you know, didn't sure. deserve to be, to be let go. But like, I mean, the, the 
players need to take responsibility for this. And it's a, a largely the same group of players that have done this a number of times now um, in multiple seasons. So they got to look themselves in the mirror and figure this thing out. Uh, because what we're seeing out there at the moment is just, it's, it's not even football. It's, it's atrocious. Uh, Schalke Brazil is in the house, and uh, our friend uh, Thales from Brazil says, uh, Bentele will fit a lot better playing as a 10. Uh, he doesn't fit the type of a, of a central defensive midfielder, in the, for Bundesliga demands at least. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, we really have to step up in this Union match, uh, really show some fight in this game, because after that is the derby, and you know, but, you know, at present, the way we're playing at the moment, Dortmund are going to try to ship six, seven goals past us. And they're more than capable of it. Um, especially the way, you know, Gio Reyna and Halan are playing at the moment and Sancho hasn't even play, played yet. Uh, they're going to be thirsty if they keep seeing the same, the same Schalke play against Union because uh, we need to get, we need to get ready for that. I mean, more than anything else, we need to, we need to show up for the next two games at least if nothing else. So I don't know. If, I mean, and you guys in the chat, if you got any ideas, please let us know. If you got any questions, let us know. Uh, Cause uh, I, I know uh, we're at a loss for words of what we've seen over the first three games and really uh, over the last nine months, honestly, since that uh, Gladbach match, uh, it's just been 2020, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah. I don't know what else to say, man. So, and very tough. I don't think there's a whole lot more for us to say. I mean, the, the deadline activity for us wasn't, I mean, significant in terms of volume, just the, just the, you know, the two moves that we already talked about. And, and then, uh, you know, a game where I don't think it's really worth it to, to analyze it much more just because hopefully we expect to see some better stuff soon. I mean, Manuel was in charge for two days or whatever it was um against a good opponent so yeah and i, I think um, emmanuel in the chat said, brought up a good point that there are no leaders left because every season it seems like we sell them or something like that and i think that's why it's so important we brought back naldo because he is such yeah. so highly respected the guys who listen to him some of those guys played with him a couple seasons ago so uh that was such a big move and let's see what these next two weeks can really do because uh those first two days were not not fair enough to be judging the, the manager or the coach and the uh, assistant coach there on that so yeah, let's see. Uh, it's uh, not much to talk about. Like you said, we the deadline day was uh, a couple moves only. Uh, at least we got a right back now officially as opposed to Rudy, and Rudy's gone. Uh, we kept Kabak uh, as of right now, so that's that's great news. Uh, let's let's go from there. Um, tough game that we had just last pass, and now we got to play Union Berlin after the international break. So we got a couple weeks. Uh, we're going to regroup. The, hopefully the club regroups. Uh, and then our next match against Union Berlin, let's uh, hopefully bring it and uh, show some more passion. So um yeah I, th- I think no point to really drag this one out jack uh it's 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 been tough the last three weeks uh a much warranted international break so uh yeah uh we'll try to we'll be back uh sooner before the next game i think we'll, we'll try to figure something out especially if some deadlines happen overnight and we can talk about it or something but yeah thank you joe thank you jokes thank you folks uh dave lee in the house he says shock america great live stream guys thank you sir what's up dave miss dave yeah. we haven't had dave on in a while we gotta have dave on at some point this we season, do maybe. american outlaw there we go <laughs> uh you know, thank you all for watching the show um i know it's brief but not much to say so you know we're gonna end it on here uh keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the royal blues we want to thank Schalke, Ronan Murphy, Fabrizio, uh, Fabrizio Romano, Sport Eins, and all the other hardworking journalists for providing us on our tidbits on transfer deadline day and every day, really. Um, if there are any topics you would like us to discuss or any guests you would like us to have on, tweet us at Schalke America. Uh, Jack, any special friends we should give a shout out to now that NBC4 Nashville left us hanging? What if we were able to get an official NBC4 Nashville interview for the podcast, though? Ah. Huh. I mean, that could, that could be that could be a big time guest for us. It could be big for them too. <laughs> Good for the culture. <laughs> Good for the- <laughs>
We'll see. We'll see. We'll work on that during the international break. Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? At JM Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Uh, very good. And you can find me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready, and we'll be with you soon. Shoes.